All right, so now, this is the, the meat of our service. Again, this is Pastor Dan. If you haven't met Pastor Dan, um, we have been getting a, a lot of questions um, from our messages, my messages, last couple weeks, and we thought it would be fun. We'd been kind of looking at this idea of having a, a, a discussion-type format, and we thought, perfect time. This is just a perfect time. It's a little bit different. Most Palm Sunday uh, services that you've been a part of, um, but again, we're all learning new skills, so, so you can sit back at home and watch Dan and I fumble through this, and you're allowed to laugh because we can't see you. <laughs> You know, I saw your I saw your picture, Pastor. Um, pretty sweet. You huh? had you had hair. I did. It was blonde and kind of feathered back. It's pretty sweet. Seventies. I know, right? <laughs> I was pretty impressed. I was I was really impressed. But um, good like, stuff. Like Pastor said, we've gotten a few questions. Um, we even got one emailed to us this morning. But Jennifer, we're gonna have to get back to you because I I don't know without going into some of my uh, resources to look up uh, original languages and stuff on certain words and stuff. We had a, another question, but we had a question a couple weeks ago, um, and this is probably I think probably one of the biggest question the overriding question of today in the last month or so can we get that one up on the screen so i don't mess it up um there it is what is god's role in the covid19 outbreak does he have a role i mean but what what does god do with stuff like this that when it happens Let, so we kind of threw up some answers and we'll i think what we're going to do is we're going to talk about some of the four answer, uh, different things, different points of these four answers make sure. that we've kind of heard. And we want to make sure that you understand that we, the Church of the Nazarene, we are a Wesleyan Armenian tradition. We're not a Calvinist uh, Reformed tradition. Both of those two traditions have a tremendous amount of truth, a tremendous amount of beauty. It's just that these two branches of Christianity kind of lean in different directions. Um, a Wesleyan Armenian that we are, we lean more toward God's love. And if you're a Reformed Calvinist, a Baptist, or a, a Presbyterian, or a Methodist, or something like that, you might lean more toward God's sovereignty. Both are just vitally important, and, and, and both are more than evident in, in God's Word in, in Scripture that His sovereignty is not to be messed with, but His love is His his character. That is who he is. So we, we, we kind of, what we're, Dan and I are going to try to do is balance up here is balance God's sovereignty because we know a lot of you feel that is just utmost in your mind and we want to respect and honor that. Um, but we also believe that God's love is right up there with God's sovereignty. And so we want to offer you really um, discussion points that you can have these discussions with your friends at home, recognizing that we all read scripture slightly different. We all interpret it slightly different. I know I've been involved with a, a, a thread of discussion on our Facebook uh, instant messaging, um, our, yeah, our Facebook, and just an amazing conversation, but I, but I quickly realized there are, there are folks out there that really lean hard into God's sovereignty, which means that there's nothing we can do that should infringe on his sovereignty, and, and that is a beautiful thing, and that is, that is true. Um, but we also have to recognize that God's essential quality um, is love. And, and anything that we discuss, anything that detracts or pulls from that love, we just need to be careful. And, and I would even say it's his uncontrolling love um, that, you know, we, uh, we sing that song, Reckless Love, about how his love is, is uncontrolling. And, um, and love isn't always uh, fair. It's not fair. Um, one, one point, I don't know if we've mentioned this already, but we do have an online host on the, on the Facebook live feed. Um, if you want to, you can also find us on YouTube uh, live streaming. 
uh, right now. If you want to go onto your TV set and maybe you have a Fire Stick or a Roku TV, a smart TV or whatever, you can go to youtube.com and we're, there's two different Richland churches of the Nazarene. There's two of them. One of them has a big white cross as their thing. Um, the other one, you'll see pictures of Pastor Jerry in previous sermons that he's done that are posted there. And that's, that's ours. And, um, that's the one that, um, that, uh, is us and it's live streaming, I believe this Sunday now as well. So we're, we're streaming in both places and, um, just know that if you're on the Facebook live side of things, uh, we have a, an online host and, uh, they will be, uh, if you have any questions, you can pop it in there and they will text cause I have my phone here. They'll text me. If while we're talking, you have a question, then, um, we can we can maybe jump back and answer that or clarify something for you at that point in time. And um, I know that um, I know that some of you have have asked and have emailed, and I forgot to mention this at the beginning too about online giving. If you go to our webpage richlandnas.org, right down in the bottom middle is um, all sorts of different things um, that speak to our online presence, online giving. We have devotions um, that happen Monday through Saturday. I do them at eight o'clock from my house. I stream them live on Facebook, but then I also paste a, a, a link to the video and I paste the, the manuscript of basically what I say. Um, I, I turn my outline into a manuscript. Um, so if you need to watch that or even want to just read it later, you can. And, and it's all there at richlandnaz.org. Um, let, let's get to our question, Pastor. What do you, what do you want to tackle first? So if I were to answer, answer A, and, and we want to encourage you at home, go ahead and decide what you think it is. Kind of weigh in. Don't, don't, don't start attacking each other if you have a difference of opinion, because I promise you, you will have differences of opinion. I, I love God's Word when it talks about the unity that He wants to see in us. That is not a unity where we're lockstep agreeing with everything. That is a unity of love where we recognize that we have different opinions, and that that makes love even more fun because we're not all the same. Um, so people will have different opinions. Um, and again, in, in the threads that I've been participating in this whole discussion, radically far-ranging opinions, and that is this fantastic. God is the ultimate mystery of, of our world, but I truly believe that he's not a complete mystery. Right? He has revealed to us everything that we need to know. He has revealed to us what is good and what is bad. Mm -hmm. He has revealed to us that, in fact, we lean towards sin. That's the favorite thing. We want to be selfish. We, we want to care about ourselves. Um, he told us about a, a plan to, to save us, to defeat sin, to defeat death. Um, there's a lot of things that God has revealed about himself. There are still some things, though, that we discuss. Dan and I, we sit sometimes over Zoom now, and we have these crazy long discussions where we don't agree. We're sitting there convincing, trying to convince each other, but it's so fun. It is so amazing to dig into God's Word because I, I believe He does. He calls us to play in His world, to, to discover everything that we can about Him, and I believe that He smiles huge yeah. when we're digging in, trying to understand His love, understand His sovereignty, and how those two ideas meet in the middle. And, and that I can't explain today, but I know they do meet, and there is a perfect unity in that meeting, and we in the Christian world, let's keep trying to, to go for that unity. Dan? 
So I don't believe that he's unaware that it's happening. I'll yeah. say answer yeah. A, don't agree with. I, I don't think that he, he's unaware at all of, of, of what's happening because God is so interested in our lives. I mean, all through scripture, we're, ta- we, we're, we're taught um, to spend time with him in prayer, to spend time with him in worship. And he has, for whatever reason, decided that he wants to work in our lives and through our lives. And so that means that he's interested in in who we are and what we're doing um, often. And I would add to that that any descriptor, attribute, character trait that we assign to God, um, we have to be careful that that, that attribute and, and that, that characteristic doesn't, doesn't draw from his love, um, doesn't draw from his sovereignty. Um, lost my train of thought. Where was I going with that, Dan? I don't remember. Rats. I know. That's what's what happens when I don't have notes. So this is going to be really this, fun. We do this all the time. We get on a discussion <laughs> like that and we're like, where are I'm we almost going? 60. Give me a break. All right. So answer B is that God is aware, but he is absolutely unwilling. He's choosing not to stop this virus that's going around. And that to me, oh my goodness, that does not sound like a very loving God. If God is love, the way that John talks about that, then um, I don't see how he could be uh, fully aware but unwilling to to stop this terrible thing that's happening. It, it would be like um, if I had the opportunity to stop someone from murdering someone else, um, but I was just unwilling to to do it. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if that's really a, a very theological analogy, but that's how I kind of see this as I, I would kind of throw answer B out and I would say, no, nah, not I, answer I, B. If we change the, the question to what is God's role in some of the evils in our world, I would say some of the evils in, in our world, he is unwilling to stop that because he wants us to experience the consequences of our decisions. I believe that at certain times, God withdraws his spirit from us, withdraws his spirit from our circle of friends around us, because he really does want us to experience the silliness of our decisions, the destructiveness. But at a certain point, I believe he does step in. He steps in. um, But I believe there's another kind of evil, and it's a genuine kind of evil that exists in the world that answer be um, aware but unwilling to stop it. I believe there is an evil in the world that he can't. And that's where I would move to item C. There are some evils in the world in answer B that he's unwilling to stop again because he wants us to learn some things. But I believe COVID-19, I believe that uh, Rwanda, um, half a million Hutus and Tutsis massacred about 20, 25 years ago. I believe that there are evils in this world that God has no lesson to teach. He's not withdrawing his spirit so that we can learn something at that point. I believe that there is just evil in this world. And in answer B, unaware but unwilling to stop it, that's not this kind of an evil. But if we're talking about a a genuine evil, um, C, unaware, or or he's aware of it, but he's simply unable to stop it. And and I I think that's probably, um, and I would add to it, He's unable to stop it without our, I'm going to say, yeah. our help. Because in, in our theology, in the Wesleyan Armenian theology, we honestly believe that God works in and through his people. 
Well, that's the thing, is that you've heard the phrase, we are the hands and feet of Christ. And that is what, if you look at the Great Commission, which is the Great Co-Mission, Jesus told the disciples to go do what I've been doing, teach them what I've taught you, make more disciple makers. He, we have within us the abilities to be able to do what Jesus did. And that's, we are the hands and feet of Jesus. We are Jesus with skin on if he's living in us and through us. And so I honestly believe that we sometimes put some uh, attributes onto God that are not his. And he has chosen this way um, to move among us. He has chosen this way to spread his gospel. Um, he has chosen this way to to have, you know, when Jesus prayed, uh, uh, um, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, um, that's because he's living in us and through us. That's how the on earth part gets accomplished is in us and through us. And so I think it's very important that we, we might say that God is aware of it and on his own would be unable to stop it without our cooperation with him. And, and I, I would say, I, I kind of threw this into a, a conversation I had this morning with Hassan. If you're watching Hassan, I hope I'm saying your name right. I've just an amazing conversation with you online. I've just so enjoyed it. Um, lost my train of thought. What, what was I talking with? About, about us in cooperation with God. Because, well, l let me say this and maybe it'll spark what you were thinking. Um, folks, if you've noticed, um, you know, our health departments and things have said, what, wash your hands and, and stay six feet apart and do some things that don't cause the spread of this uh, virus as much. And folks, guess what? If all the people on this earth did exactly what we were told to do for two weeks, three weeks, whatever it's going to take, guess what? this virus would drop off because it would quit being spread from person to person to person. Do you understand how we can be the hands and feet of God? And it's less about the government taking away our liberties and us just having some good sense and saying, look, if I'm sick, I don't go anywhere. If I'm not sick, I take some precautions. And I really want to know who wasn't washing their hands. I mean, come on. Um, we need to be washing our hands a lot and using hand sanitizer and, you know, doing that kind of stuff. Um, let me, uh, I remembered. Good. <laughs> the statement that we had tried to make a couple weeks ago is that God can't stop genuine evil single-handedly. Now, the first step he took was sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins. He needed his son, Jesus Christ, to do this thing. Yeah. Right? He needed. Yeah. yeah. Right? So, by the actions of his son, Jesus Christ, God the Son, um, we have sin defeated and we have death defeated. That's an, a crucial first step in the fact that God can't um, eliminate genuine evil single-handedly. He needed his son. He needed his son, number one. And I believe that, number two, he does need us. We are, again, like Dan said, we are the hands and feet of Christ. Um, we are, we demonstrate, when I love Dan and Dan loves me, it demonstrates to the world the love of God. If people don't see people loving each other, then it becomes just an empty belief and not an, an actual love action. Um, mm -hmm. So God needs us in the fact that we are, we are his witnesses, we are his uh, display table, we're his proof that he is love, right? His first proof was his son, Jesus Christ, and his second proof is all of us who 
accept what his son has done and, and, and desire to be and, and, and by the power of the Holy Spirit become Christ-like. Yeah. So we got a great question um, from, from Facebook. Do you think COVID-19 could be similar to the plagues of Egypt, defeating the God's little g of our time, like the God of sports or the God of entertainment and, you know, those things that take over our lives where we push God, the creator out of our life. And we tend to set up some idols in our lives. Um, I, I, I think this kind of falls under category D. Did God deliberately cause this? I don't believe he deliberately caused this, but pastor, you said something last week or the week before about how God can squeeze good out of the bad that he didn't want or create. Yeah. The bad that he didn't want or create. So when you're, when you're that, that is such a great question. I believe that we are seeing a, a movement of God in this time where people are having to set aside some things that they were maybe, maybe putting up in place of God. Sports and everything he just mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally think that God is taking this bad that he didn't necessarily want, that he didn't cause to happen, but he can squeeze the good out of it. And, and that is really, um, the scripture that we all like to quote about God, Romans um, eight twenty eight. yeah, eight twenty eight, causing good for those who, who love him. You know, mm-hmm. um, it, it's not that God wanted people to get sick or wanted people to die or, uh, wanted this to happen, but he can take this uh, thing that happened and he can squeeze good out of it. You know, it's, it may be look like a pile of garbage, but he can still bring some good. And I want to, I want to say this other thing is that, um, and you and I talked about this yesterday. You guys have to realize that we live in this world. It's a broken world. We are East of Eden. Now, this goes all the way back to the Old Testament, and I've talked about it in devotion times the last week and a half or so, a couple different times, but we don't maybe fully appreciate what that means. When Adam and Eve sinned, they disobeyed God, they ate the fruit um, that caused a barrier between them, and that first barrier we saw as being Adam and Eve hiding in the bushes. God comes out, Adam, where are you? And he's like, "Uh, we're in the bushes because we're naked and we're ashamed. And God's like, who told you that? Well, then they go into the whole thing. At that point in time, God said, uh, you guys can't stay here. And he pushed them out of the garden. They went east of the garden is what the Bible says. Cain and Abel. One of them had a sacrifice that was pleasing. One didn't the other. And, and one brother kills another and his blood cries out. Well, Cain is then told to go east of there to the land of Nod. And so we see from family dysfunction of disobedience to murder. And we keep going east. And then we go further east and the Tower of Babel happens. We go further east all this Babylon. time. Yeah, Babylon <laughs> happens. is further east. And folks, we have to realize we're east of the garden. Even to the point that, this is kind of a cool thing. We should probably do something about this one later. The temple is actually built on an east to west um, um, trajectory. It was, it, it's built with the altar of sacrifice in the east and the holy of holies in the west. And the whole thing is set up so that the sacrifice and the blood is shed in the east. And then, this, and then the priest has to take it all the way through to the Holy of Holies where God resides to reconcile the people to God where he is at in the West. And there are some huge significance issues of that. And we have to realize that while we are physically on this earth, 
We are still living east of Eden, and we're still under that curse. There's still thorns in the ground. You don't believe me? Go look at your yard. You've got dandelions in your yard right now. I know because I've got them in mine. They drive me insane. Um, but we have thorny things. Yeah, I had to put slime and bicycle tires, you know, so that we wouldn't get yep. thorns. Yep. We still live east of Eden, and it's not until all of this is ended that we are going to live where God's perfect will is in force. Now, don't take that literally. If you live on East First Avenue, you're not li living in evilness, okay? This is a, a, a biblical theme. So, yes, like, if you yes. like the East Coast, I can't explain it more than the West Coast, whatever. Uh, the East Coast is not evil. Okay, I just want to make yeah, that Yeah, and clear. those of you who live in West Richland are not more holy than those of us who don't. <laughs> I live right on the line. I'm almost there. I can drive a block and a half away from my sometimes house. Sometimes I feel good. Sometimes I feel evil. I know, so right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, one other thing I want to say is, is th 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 these two worldviews, and, and I, I think this is really at the, the crux of a lot of the discussion online, is one worldview is God is sovereign, and nothing that we can do can change that. He is immutable. He doesn't, we can't make him feel. We can't make him change. He's just so far up above us. But in this other worldview, Western Armenian view, is that he is in incredibly with us. In fact, Jesus taught us to say, Abba Father. I mean, we've yeah, got these incredible yeah. phrases, a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and we call God Almighty and El Shaddai, and, that's all, and that is all absolutely true, but we have to learn to live in that tension between His sovereign mightiness and the fact that Jesus said we can call Him Daddy. Yeah. If we let go of either one of these, we get into trouble. Um, and, and I just want to encourage you, lean into what Jesus said. Lean into what He suggested. Picture God as, as the best dad that you could ever dream of having. Maybe he wasn't your dad. Maybe your dad was really, really close. Maybe you dreamed of having this perfect dad. Maybe he lived down the street. Um, but this is your heavenly father. That's why he gave us these terms to use. He wanted us to see him as a father who cared about us and loved us. Somebody, uh, again, wrote to me this morning, um, how, like, um, I, my relationship with my son is a very controlling relationship. And I said, that is fantastic. But as your son grows up, if controlling becomes the defining feature of your relationship, that's not going to be a good, healthy relationship. That's going to be a controlling relationship. Yes, at the beginning, you do exert control over your son. You have to be, but you do it in love. A hundred percent love. I bet not one moment of hate or anything like that entered your head as you controlled your son, Hassan, Hassan. But as you grow up and as your son grows older, love can't be the defining, or excuse me, love has to be the defining feature of your relationship, not control. And, and, and again, in the way we pray, um, if we believe, if we are leaning toward God's sovereignty, then at a certain point, we have to arrive at the fact that our prayers don't move God because he's immovable, immutable. Um, it moves us. Prayer can only change us. I don't believe that. I don't believe that's what Scripture tells us. In our Wesleyan Armenian theology and our traditions, we, our prayers change God. We can move God to move on the behalf of the, the good of our neighbors if we pray. In Luke chapter 5, would you oh, just oh, lay yeah. that so out there? In Luke chapter 5, Jesus goes home to Nazareth, okay, and he's in, and his, the people there know him. And so, um, basically, he's there trying to do miracles. And I say trying because the Bible says, basically that he could not do, and this is my paraphrase, but he could not perform the miracles he wanted to do because of their lack of faith. And I thought about that for a minute, is that to some degree, that means we limit God in what he is able to do. So there has to be some 
kind of cooperation with God that we pray, and the Bible talks about us praying according to his will. And I don't know about you, but I'm 47 years old, and it's taken me this long to get my will to line up with God's will where it's at, and I believe that God is still changing me every day. And I think that, I honestly believe that that's a piece of this, is that my will has to come out of that brokenness and the, the, the way that my finite brain even thinks, I need to come out of that and line up with God's will to be able to understand and, and know how he works to ask for the right things. You know, um, the other thing is when we're talking about this, and we did, we did get another question and that says, do you think God is unable to do something? And um, I... Can I answer that really yeah, quickly? Yeah. God cannot lie. Titus 2, 1, chapter 1, verse 2. God cannot be tempted. James 1, verse 13. God cannot grow tired. Isaiah 40, 28. Uh, 2 Timothy 2, 13. When we're faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. There are things that God cannot do. God cannot go change his mind. He cannot go back on what he's promised. There are many things that God cannot do. Um, then we have another category. There are things that God chooses not to do. I believe there are both categories. Yeah, and so this this idea um, is that we there is a part that we play in cooperating with God and His Holy Spirit in in being able to to have the kingdom of God function here on earth. And I, I honestly believe that we have got as Christians, we've kind of pulled away from that. And we just want to sit back and let God do it all. And if that's the case, that's not how he's designed that's it. That's a losing strategy. Yeah. Yeah, that's not how he's designed it. So, you know, you talk about praying and prayer. Um, Jesus tells a parable about this woman who goes before the judge day and night and basically harangues him. There's not a better word for it other than harangues him. She mm -hmm. just pesters the snot out of this judge to the point that the judge finally says, I'm just going to give her what she wants so she'll shut up and leave me alone. And then Jesus says, that's how we're supposed to pray. Now, hold on a minute. If we, I don't want to say necessarily say can't change God's mind, but if God, if Jesus himself, who is God with us, God incarnate says, we need to be that persistent in prayer and that we need to make sure that our will is lining up with God's will. When we pray, absolutely key. Um, then, then I honestly believe we need to be praying for God's will in this situation in that we, in that we, um, begin to, um, begin to be the moving force behind what's stopping the things that are going on. And not just about COVID-19. I'm talking about a lot of different evils. You know, we as Christians have kind of a bad uh, reputation in some degree. You know, we've, I can remember, you know, in the 80s and 90s, uh, big hair and big Bibles. And boy, we were thumping people on the heads with, with them. And, and that is that is not how God operates. He doesn't force, he doesn't control, he doesn't uh, make us do anything, but he, he walks beside us and he asks us to follow him just like Jesus asked the disciples to follow him. So there are some things that I believe that God is unable to do without our cooperation because we are um, the vessels. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost here on earth, and he works in us and through us. Hey, we're, gonna, we're running out of time here. Um, I, I want to just close with a, a very short kind of a Palm Sunday devotional uh, based on Matthew chapter 21. Dan had read that earlier, and, and I just want to read something to you. Um, 
Verse 9, chapter 21 of Matthew says, The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? And the crowds answered, This is Jesus the prophet from Nazareth, Nazareth of, of Galilee. And I just want to say this morning that, that we, in times of crisis, we tend to call on the Son of David. Right? And the people were calling on Jesus as a, a title that he had, the son of David. Uh, um, and in this title is, carries this idea that he would come and he would heal their nation. Um, he would come as a warrior and he would defeat the enemies of Israel. Um, it would be a, a very physical kind of deliverance. But we can't stop at son of David because Christ didn't... That's not a title that he gave himself. The title that he chose above all others was the son of God. Right? We, can, we can focus on his title of Son of David, which focuses on our physical needs, but, but that's not, Christ didn't offer us that option. Um, he is the Son of God, meaning this. He is concerned about COVID-19. He is hugely concerned about every single one of our pains and hurts. But we have to understand that there is something a bit higher on his agenda that will affect everything else that we've been talking about, all of our pains and hurts. And that thing on his agenda is to defeat sin and death. That is the number one thing, and, and therefore we need to remember, yes, he is the son of David, but above all else, he's the son of God. Yeah. And he didn't only come to uh, heal our physical ailments, he came to heal our spiritual, mm -hmm. our eternal ailments. Um, so yes, pray that, pray Pray on your knees, pray fervently that he would heal our nation, that he would provide healing for uh, Phyllis and for John and, and for, for uh, all the people who are, who are ill. Yes, absolutely, but never forget that if we focus on that higher goal of him defeating sin and death, then all of these other hurts and pains, they get taken care of. Keep in mind that Christ came to defeat sin. He cares about you, he cares deeply, but he's got this overriding mission and that is to defeat sin um, and bring us back to God, at one with God. He's our atonement. And that's already been accomplished. When, when Jesus looks Peter in the face and says, upon this rock I will build my church, he had talked about, previous into that, this, the, the death and the resurrection and, and being able to, to break the power of canceled sin. And, and, you know, growing up in churches, I have often heard, you know, Jesus looked at Peter and Peter's name means rock. And so Jesus says, upon you, I'm going to build this church. That is not, that does not theologically hold water at all. Okay. That doesn't, it's on this idea of salvation and atonement and being the God. sacrifice that ends all sacrifices. It's on that, that he builds his church. And the thing of it is, is that then he comes to us and he lives in us and he works on us in, you know, internally to the point where then we can go and do what he did where he works then through us for those around us. And that is how he defeats evil in this, in this world. And some point in time, this is all going to end. It really is. So believe it or not, we had several other questions, but we're not going to get to those questions. So don't show them. Maybe yeah, we'll get to them Lord, some other point for us. Father, I, thank you so much for this, this time that we've had together. Um, the fact that I, I believe that you, nothing pleases you more than when we get together and we discuss you. 
<laughs> your ears must be burning, Father. <laughs> uh, we, we thank you for the, your word that you've given us so that we, we can. We can discover what you think about us. We can discover how much you love us. We can discover what the things that we shouldn't be doing and the things that we should be doing. We discover so much about you, Father, in your word. So we, we thank you for our Bibles. Um, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who came and showed us you in the flesh. Father, if we ever have any hesitation, any questions about you, Father, your word tells us to just look at your son. Just look at Jesus, and our answer is right there. Um, so, Father, I just pray that every person in, in hearing my voice would seek out your name, your son's name, Jesus Christ, and that, that, that we would all allow him to uh, lead us uh, and to point us in the right direction. And then by the power of your spirit, Father, give us courage, give us strength, give us supernatural insights and, and, and actual power to do the things that you want to see done here on this earth. So, Father, thank you for every follower, every disciple um, who's heeding your spirit, um, loving their neighbor in such radically different ways that they've ever, never done before. Um, just, Father, thank you for the new thing that you're always doing. You're always doing something new. Uh, thank you, Father. Your sins name, I pray. Amen. Amen. We got a real quick question in the end, and I just, I just um, texted the person back. But um, if you want to jump in on one of these chat rooms, we'll, we'll probably have some more of this discussion later on today. And as we go um, today, I just want to, would you just hold your arms out like this to receive a blessing this morning? And I will uh, do a blessing. And um, it comes from 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 3, verse 16. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way and the lord be with every one of you go with god and his blessing today god bless you amen